Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Welcome back to another episode of Superhumanize with me, your host, Ariana. Are you battling issues like unexplainable fatigue, brain fog, hair loss, depression, panic attacks, weight gain, intolerance to cold, or IBS? You may be suffering from the same autoimmune disorder that affects 14 million people in the United States alone. It's called Hashimoto's and is caused by a reaction of the immune system against the thyroid gland. The symptoms can be painful, frustrating, and even debilitating. Individuals affected by it often feel like the life force has been sucked right out of them, and it often takes years to get the right diagnosis. The good news is you can fight back, and today's guest, Dr. Isabella Wentz, will tell you how. Dr. Wentz is an internationally acclaimed thyroid expert and licensed pharmacist. Her own diagnosis of Hashimoto's thyroiditis in 2009 inspired her interest and research in thyroid disorders. She's the author of the New York Times bestselling patient guide, Hashimoto's Thyroiditis, Lifestyle Interventions for Finding and Treating the Root Cause, as well as Hashimoto's Protocol, a 90-day plan for reversing thyroid symptoms and getting your life back. In this conversation with Dr. Wentz, we talk about prevention, diagnosis, and treatment for Hashimoto's. We also take a sneak peek into her new book, which will be published this April, Adrenal Transformation Protocol, which focuses on a simple four-week program to help identify adrenal triggers, resetting the stress response through sending targeted safety signals to the body, and thus relieving adrenal fatigue and alleviating mental fog, forgetfulness, anxiety, insomnia, depression, low libido, and many other common and frustrating symptoms of an impaired stress response. Dr. Wentz is an absolute jewel. Her dedication to healing chronic health challenges, her deep well of knowledge and compassion, as well as applicable insights and protocols will help you to go from surviving to thriving. If you enjoy this episode and feel it helps to elevate your life, please give us a rating or review. And if you feel others may benefit from this podcast as well, spread the word, share and help grow our tribe of superhumans. When we help heal one, we help heal all. Much gratitude and love. Yours, Ariana. summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized Podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Isabella, welcome to the Superhumanized podcast. I've so been looking forward to this conversation. You have changed and you're changing so many people's well-being and lives for the better, better. And it's just such a pleasure to connect with you here. Thank you so much. It's such an honor and a pleasure to connect with you as well. I'm excited to be here. Having you here is for me, that's such a treat because I love nothing better than 
picking experts brains on the topics that they're most passionate about. And of course, you've published a whole slew of bestsell, New York Times bestselling books. You One of your main focuses is thyroid health. And you've published, I think it's three books on the thyroid alone, if not four. Three books on Hashimoto's. So a very specific topic on Hashimoto's yeah. thyroiditis. And with regards to that, just prior before I hit record, I have a very dear friend who's actually visiting me today in the house and she has Hashimoto's. She was absolutely beside herself with joy hearing that I was talking to you today. And I would like to give a bird's eye view for those in the audience who may not be that acquainted with Hashimoto's specifically and um, also the thyroid in general. Can you explain to us what Hashimoto's is and how it feels like when you're dealing with this? Absolutely. So Hashimoto sounds like an exotic, like sword fighter kind of name, right? And it and people are like, oh, Hashimoto's, that sounds really rare. And it's actually not a rare condition at all. It's actually one of the most common conditions. I would say probably one in five women at some point in their lives will be affected by Hashimoto's. Typically, most people don't know that they have it. Most people are told that they have a sluggish thyroid if they're actually diagnosed or that they have hypothyroidism, that they have a thyroid condition. But most cases, I would say anywhere from 90 to 99% of cases of hypothyroidism in the Western world are actually due to Hashimoto's. This is an autoimmune condition. So essentially what's going on is that the body starts to recognize the thyroid gland as a foreign invader. And then there's an attack against the thyroid gland. So the thyroid gland is not lazy. It's not sluggish. It's actually in a struggle, right? So it's being under attack by the immune system. It's being broken down. And eventually it loses its ability to produce enough thyroid hormones. And that's when hypothyroidism develops. Here's the thing. If you, I consider those that actually get a thyroid diagnosis to be lucky because it can take an average of 10 years to get diagnosed with a thyroid condition when you have one. There are five stages to Hashimoto's. In the very early stages, we just have this autoimmune attack on the thyroid gland. And you to, you you'll have symptoms that you might go to your doctor and they'll scratch their head unless they're trained in integrative or functional medicine or naturopathic medicine. And they'll say, ah, oh, maybe. Okay. So initially you might be more anxious or you might actually have symptoms of obsessive compulsive disorder. That's one of the early signs. You might feel a bit more tired. You might feel like you're just life is a little bit harder. Or life is just not that great. And you may struggle with, with gaining extra weight. This is in the very, very early stages. And doctors are typically looking at people and they're saying, okay, it's all in your head or you're stressed out or there's nothing wrong with you or you need to see a psychiatrist or they'll say, okay, let's test your thyroid, but then they don't test the right kind of labs. And then the Hashimoto's diagnosis gets missed. Now, this usually goes on. In my case, it was about nine years before I was diagnosed this can go on for many years. And the condition is really a spectrum. So you can have one person that maybe has a little bit of extra weight, then you have another person that has a little bit more fatigue. And then you've got people on the other end of the spectrum that are debilitated. So they can't do anything. They are almost bedridden because of the level of 
brain fog, fatigue, they'll have hair loss, they'll have panic attacks, they'll have anxiety, carpal tunnel, fertility issues, multiple miscarriages. It, the list goes on and on. Really the thyroid gland, when we think about what it does is it builds our metabolism and helps to generate heat in our bodies. And this is it's such an important hormone. It has receptors in almost every cell of the body. This can be from head to toe. You can have hair loss. You have loss of the eyebrows. You can have cold intolerance. And people will even have issues with, with their knee pain. They might have pain all over their bodies. Their extremities might be cold. So a lot of times I say it's like these like plethora of these really annoying symptoms. And then people sort of a lot of times people get gaslit by their practitioners and they're told that nothing's wrong with you or everybody's tired. It's just normal. Mm-hmm. Oh, please go ahead. See, here's a question that I have, Isabella, and especially with regards to women, because you mentioned it before as well, it can take up to 10 years and it's a mixture of just not doing the right tests and also dismissing people. And I have just recently read again, especially for women, it's such a big issue that often by, it's unfortunate, they will get dismissed uh, by their doctors as in it's all in your head. So what is a, a someone to do and whether, you know, you're a woman or a man, whichever you identify as, what are you to do when you get this kind of a reaction from a person, from a professional you go to, and they basically are telling you whatever, it's all in your head. How can you fortify yourself against that? And what are the steps you are to take when you're dealing with this kind of treatment? So definitely take a deep breath first, right? And listen to yourself. It's not all in your head. You know your body best and just come from a state of knowing that you are needing to advocate for yourself. And it's important for you to use your voice right in that moment. And this could look like a few different ways. So I know some people are like, I can't, you can go to a different doctor. You can go to a functional medicine doctor, somebody that will listen to you and somebody that has a really good reputation and maybe specializes in thyroid issues and recognizing them. So that's one option. Not an option for everybody. Another option is you can self-order your own labs. There are various direct-to-consumer lab companies. I'm a big fan as a pharmacist. I'm, I'm trained in all these things, but pharmacists don't always have like prescriptive authority or lab test ordering authority in every state. So I'm very much, I want to empower every single person to be in charge of your own health. Biohacking, right? That's my love language too. So you can go that route where you self-order your own tests and you really learn how to interpret your own test. And then another route is if you don't have the choice of switching doctors, you don't have the resources for ordering your own labs, is having a conversation with that practitioner and saying, hey, I really just being very logical and saying, hey, I have a list of symptoms and listing down your symptoms. Sometimes it helps to write this out and maybe perhaps write them a letter if that's available and say, I would love to have the following lab tests done. And you can ha- ask for a TSH, a free T3, a free T4, TPO antibodies, and thyroglobulin antibodies. I know oftentimes it helps to mention if you do have a family history of it, that can be a convincing factor for doctors to order those labs, those extended labs. And then also, one one kind of suggestion or tool that I've used with clients is mentioning to them that you can ask the doctor to put it in the record that they refuse the labs. Um, and a lot of times doctors don't want to go on the record to say they refuse something because they might miss a diagnosis. Now, so there's a few different options available to you. And just one thing I want to just 
be really clear about don't let another person stand in the way of you and your best health. This is excellent guidance. Thank you so much for this, Isabella, because I know, and this included myself many years ago, when you're caught up in a situation like that, you just, me, I just froze. I didn't just didn't know what to do many years ago. And if you have a few tips like that can help you advocate for yourself, take agency over your own health. That's super, super important. And I think the more we can become self-reliant and really also fight for ourselves, the better we'll fare. You mentioned before that with regards to Hashimoto's, we see higher rates of this in women. Why do you think that is so? I have a whole theory about it, right? So we do see it more commonly in women. There's different stats out there for every every one man, there might be five to seven women that are diagnosed with Hashimoto's and things like hormones tend to be suspected. So we know that pregnancy, puberty, and perimenopause, three peak times when people will start having symptoms of Hashimoto. So that can be certainly related. I have this feeling or this kind of theory that it has a lot to do with adaptive physiology and how how women's bodies are really in tune to our environment and whatever stressors that we have going on in our environment. As as I'm a mother of a lovely four-year-old and I know with with one of the challenges of hypothyroidism is fertility issues, right? And so we know when we don't have enough thyroid hormone, we're not going to be able to become pregnant or sustain a pregnancy in many cases. And my theory is essentially like this. If you're in a time of, if your body's feeling the stress of, let's say it's a famine, would it be beneficial to get pregnant during a famine? Probably not. Would it be beneficial to be pregnant during a war? Probably not. What would be beneficial during that time would be to slow down our metabolism, maybe get some extra weight on our bodies, maybe sleep in our caves to protect ourselves from the hostile world, right? And a lot of these symptoms and just really shut down our libido. (laughs) So we're not procreating. And a lot of these symptoms are thyroid symptoms, of course. So we've got essentially like a a semi-hibernation state when we are, and I'm not talking about the average woman with a thyroid disorder, I'm talking about really advanced levels of hypothyroidism where you would be lethargic, you would be, you would be putting on extra weight and you would be infertile. And so my whole theory is that it's our body tuning into the environment and helping us with Mm self-preservation. So another thing I always talk about is what's in our environment, modern day environment. If it's not, if it's not famine, if it's not war, what's sending these messages to our body that, that (laughs) we need to essentially survive and keep on the extra weight and hide in our caves. Everything, social media (laughs) news, the state of the world. If you, if you tune into that, which is why I also believe it's so important, not only what we feed our bodies, nutrition-wise, supplements and such, but to be so mindful about what we feed our psyche. Because reading distressing things all day long, and that's basically what the news cycle is all about, when it bleeds, it leads, is super distressing, especially when you're empathetic and when you're sensitive and To do that on a regular daily basis, I don't even want to begin to imagine what kind of damage that causes psychologically and then also physically, because it's all like a waterfall. It's not surprising. And again, it makes so much sense what you just told us, Isabella, you know, that when you perceive there's threats in the world, there's stress in the world. Yeah, your body's like, nope, I'm not going to procreate. No way. 
Talking about this and looking at stress as a particular cause, potential cause for root cause for Hashimoto's, what are some of the other common root causes that have been determined? Sure. And stress could be any kind of thing that impacts you. So it could be stress from the news cycle, right? That's that, that, that's very triggering for a lot of people. But it could also be stress from not getting enough sleep. It could be stress from an argument with a loved one. It can also be stress internally within your body, such as a chronic infection. It could be a, a toxicity that you have in your body. It could be a reaction to a food, like a food sensitivity. That's a common root cause. It could also be just something that's out of balance. So it could be a nutrient that's deficient or perhaps even too much of a certain nutrient to you. So various types of imbalances take us out of the thriving healing state of our body repairing and rebuilding itself to our body breaking itself. And you've worked with thousands of people with Hashimoto's and you have, you know, what I garnered during my research and in your during your work, you have figured out how to facilitate healing, how to facilitate symptom reductions, and sometimes even just within a few weeks. And that's for people who oftentimes had been suffering for many years. How do you do that? And of course, every body is different and the root cause of a particular person's Hashimoto's may be different, but can you give us a general insight into your practice, Isabella? Yeah, absolutely. When I first got was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I wanted to figure out what I could do to make myself feel better. And I started doing a lot of research. I was already working as a consulting pharmacist and helping people with rare disorders, figuring out their best kind of treatment plans. And I started doing that for myself. And then I started studying functional medicine and doing all kinds of lab testing. And I learned that there are so many different potential triggers and root causes for Hashimoto's. And I went through thousands of dollars of testing and various doctors and various theories. And it actually took me about three years of this research and guinea pigging myself to get myself into remission and where I was like, oh my gosh, I feel human today, right? So I don't feel like just a small percentage of who I am. I feel 100% me today. And eventually working with clients, I started to see some patterns with them, right? And so there could be various toxins that could be responsible for thyroid issues. It could be fluoride, it could be arsenic, it could be, it could be mercury, it could be mold toxins, it could be candida toxins, go on and on all day with the toxins. And then we can do hundreds of tests to figure out which specific toxin it is. And this test might be more accurate than this test and so on and so forth. And then we could do specific protocols for each toxin, or we could do liver support. So we can give ourselves liver support that basically helps our body get rid of toxins. And just, we have an internal system within the body of getting rid of toxins, right? So it's going to be through our liver, through our skin, through our sweat, through our urine, through our lymphatic system. And so sometimes, and I've had really good results with this, is supporting the liver pathways for two weeks can help people feel significantly better. I had initially, I had some clients that were just not getting better and they were like not super excited about doing all these like medicine tests. I'm a nerd. So I'm like, ooh, these tests are so cool. Let's see what we could find. Let's invest in this. And they were kind of like, lady, I just want to feel better. Can you help me? And then I was like, okay, we can try just like a general liver support protocol. And so I was like, 
amazed because they were like, this is working. I had multiple chemical sensitivities. I'm shopping at the mall with my daughter and I'm walking past the candle stores and it's not bothering me. Mm -hmm. And supporting the liver just for two weeks can be incredibly helpful. And that might look like taking N-acetylcysteine. I have a liver support powder that I like to use with a whole bunch of ingredients, supporting the liver and the gallbladder, taking various amino acids, taking methylation support, sitting in a sauna, as well as minimizing some of the toxins that you can around your home. So things like getting an air purifier, getting an air filter. Maybe if you're microwaving your food in all plastic, not doing things like that, switching to, to glass. So those are like low-hanging fruit that people can start with. And then I could also talk about, this is like the first protocol. And I also have an adrenal protocol and then a gut protocol that I focus on with clients to, to really get results. And I used to work in outcomes research and I just analyzed like, what are some of the patterns that I see in labs? Okay. So can we develop a beautiful protocol that encompasses 80% of that to get 80% of people feeling a hundred percent better? So I'd love to talk more about that and if you're interested. Absolutely, please. And I want to interject one thing because I also have a question. So it's, of course, fantastic that within, let's say, a couple of weeks by supporting the liver to do what it's supposed to do, its job and detoxifying our, our system, you can feel much, much better. There's things that you mentioned, of course, with microwaving and plastic. Also something I stopped doing many years ago, I do not drink out of plastic bottles, period. I maybe do it maximum five times a year when I sit in an airplane and I'm so thirsty and that's when I'll have something that comes out of a plastic bottle because these containers are stored and transported often under conditions that are not climate controlled, meaning they heat up and then all these plastic particles leach into whether it's water, whether it's a soda, whether it's a juice, it doesn't matter. So keeping plastic as much as you can out out of your foods and your drinks is super important. Household cleaners. Now, there's so many toxins in household cleaners or even in the body care we use. There's a website I love to use, ewg.org, environmentalworkinggroup.org. You can basically pop in anything. It could be makeup, it could be a cleaner, it could be whatnot, and they'll tell you exactly how clean or not clean they are and what the potential health risks are. So for anybody who wants to look up what they're actually using, I highly recommend this. So my question though, after this interjection, Isabella, is so when people get into helping the liver to detox, is this something they then just continue to do in perpetuity, which is not a bad thing at all. I love taking certain supplements and herbs that just help my body function better. Or do you take that then as the baseline to dive deeper into what the potential exact root cause is in order to eliminate a specific toxin or a specific food, et cetera, from that individual's environment and life? Oh, so that's such a great question. And I always listen to the person that I'm working with to see what their goals are and what they like to do. So for me, I love to do lots of testing for myself and do all these fun biohacky things. And that's not necessarily realistic for everybody. So for some people, what I would do is I would put them on the three specific protocols where I would say, let's just support your liver for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to transition over to supporting your adrenals for four weeks. Then we'll do six to 12 weeks of gut support. If, if in, in an ideal world, I would do get everybody 
lots of different tests in the beginning and then do those three protocols while we wait for the test results and maybe tweak some of the results. Or some people will say, okay, I've done the three protocols and I feel amazing. So I'm done. Like I've reached my health goals. And some people might say, I've done these protocols, but I'm still struggling with skin issues. There are some targeted things we can do to figure that out. Can we do some advanced toxin testing? And so I would consider all of those different scenarios for people, depending on what their wishes are for their health journey. Excellent. And uh, yes, and please go ahead with, you wanted to do a deeper dive. So completely open stage here. Would love to hear more. So the second, thank you so much. And the second fundamental protocol that I focus on is adrenals. And people, I'm sure everybody listening knows what the adrenals are, but if not, there are these tiny little glands that we have and they're responsible for producing our stress hormones. And so when we, when we don't have enough stress hormones, if we didn't produce them, we would not be alive. So they're critical to our survival and we need to have just the right amounts of stress hormones to thrive. People typically think of cortisol. Oh, you hear the news about how to lower your cortisol. Cortisol's bad so on and so forth. But again, cortisol, it's it's something that we need in just the right amounts. It's anti-inflammatory when we have just enough of it. And when we have too much of it, it's a problem. But also when we don't have enough, I typically have seen in people with autoimmune issues, burnout, chronic fatigue, Hashimoto's, thyroid issues, is they actually have low levels of cortisol in their body. And there's very specific patterns that they have that are stress-induced. And again, the stress could be coming from the TV. It could be coming internally from a chronic infection. And stress, um, and again, we could talk about doing different testing and going through a long checklist of things that people need to resolve. But there's very specific ways that the body responds to stress on a physiological basis. And so what I typically do is I find ways to support the body in the places that I know it's going to be weakened by stress. And so there's these stress signals that we get or danger signals that we get from our environment, from our body. And what I do is I send the body safety signals and I provide targeted safety signals to get the body into more of when we have adrenal issues, our body is like breaking itself down. And we're trying to get the body into repair and build up mode. And uh, this is my second protocol that I focus on with most people. This is something people can definitely just start with. The symptoms that really respond are going to be brain fog, fatigue, libido issues, feeling burned out, insomnia, anxiety, mood swings, those kinds of things that you're like, "I'm I'm so stressed out and I feel so awful. The modern day stressors. These are the things that respond really well to what I call the adrenal transformation protocol. Excellent. And I am so excited. You actually have your new book coming out and the title is Adrenal Transformation Protocol, a four-week plan to release stress symptoms and go from surviving to thriving. And as far as I've garnered from the description, the focus is exactly what you just shared with us to sending these targeted safety signals to the body. Can you give us a little bit more detail to this and tease us a little bit for this book, which I can't wait to hold in my hands? Absolutely. So safety signals, one of one of the things that sends our body into a realm of not feeling safe is, for example, if we're starving, if we don't have enough food on board, if we don't have nutrients on board. So one of the very, very approachable and game-changing safety signal that most people can do in their homes is making sure that we have our blood sugar 
balanced. And this could look like a lot of different ways, right? So you can do that with herbs, nutrients, medications. You can do that with purely just diet as well in many cases. Typically, I would recommend utilizing that as a foundation for the protocol. So for some people that might look like making sure you're getting enough protein and fat throughout the day, making sure that you're not eating lots of sugar and chugging juices with with fruit juices throughout the day, making sure that you're supported. And that can be such a game changer, especially for people with anxiety and mood issues and waking up throughout the night. This is like, I mean, it's just phenomenal. And I I can't believe most of us, I know it wasn't until I was in my late twenties that I realized that everything I was eating, I'm from Europe. So it was like sugar for breakfast, sugar for lunch. And it was all day sugar, right? Yes. And what you just said, again, it resonates so much with me. I've had anxiety has been a symptom that's popping up all throughout my life where I can remember. And I do have actually acknowledged, recognized and embraced that sometimes I forget to eat. Like a lot of us do, you're just busy, you're running around and managing everyday life. And all of a sudden I am so anxious. I don't <laughs> And then I realized, oh, I haven't eaten anything or drank anything with nutrients or calories in it for four or five hours. And as soon as I actually nourish my body, oof, the anxiety goes. And I think that's particularly for uh, women also something important to remember. Intermittent fasting has a lot of health benefits. However, it can also stress you and put you into a state of anxiety if it's not very well Absolutely. I know it's like all the rage. It's like you hear about, let's go on a juice cleanse. And that might not, you might not be right in that place and space to do that right now. If you're at a specific, very stressed out place. The other thing that I really love doing and is making sure that you're getting enough light throughout the day, enough darkness at night. That can be such a game changer for people with insomnia. And it can, being in like California, it's so easy to say. It's like, just step outside. You've got sunshine like most days of the year. For people that I grew up in the Midwest and I lived in the Netherlands and I've lived in Poland and Colorado. So that's not always realistic to get like lots of light throughout the day. For people, I still recommend going outside if you can, but you can also get a light therapy and that can shift your, that that can let your body know that it's time to be awake. So you do this light therapy box. Sometimes they're called blue light therapy. Sometimes they're called sad lights or happy lights. They're usually marketed for seasonal affective disorder. Just doing that for 15 to 30 minutes, first thing in the morning can give you more energy without coffee, without, you know, without having to do anything like stimulant medication. And then making sure that after you turn off the lights, you go to sleep in your room, that it's like dark and cave-like and cool. One of the one of the things I always do is I put little stickers. If you have any kind of fire detectors or any kind of alarms and things like that in your bedroom, cover those up because they could really interrupt your sleep. I had few months ago, we moved into a new home and I, we put up these little stickers and, and on our, in our bedroom for, I think it was like, like the curtains, right? That we had automatic blinds in there. And I remember just one week I was waking up in the middle of the night. I was like, what is going on? And then I, one day I looked over and I see this bright blue light, like staring di- me directly in the eyes. And that's coming from the sticker that fell off. And sure enough, I put the sticker back on and it's okay. My sleep is phenomenal. So just really simple things like that, where you 
just get a little bit more light throughout the day and a little bit more darkness at night, that can be so game-changing for our circadian rhythm. People Mm -hmm. that feel exhausted throughout the day and then wired and tired at night and can't sleep, just please try this for a week and let me know. Come into my social media and cuss me out if it's not working, but I bet you're going to see a difference. That's a fantastic tip, Isabella, and highly effective. I've tried that too. In the times that I forget to unplug certain things that just have a little bit of a glow, there you are in the middle of the night, boom, your eyes pop open. You're, what's wrong? Ah. And as soon as it's unplugged or covered up, woof, a beautiful sleep. You have in this new book of yours, you actually offer us a, I think it's a four-week program that also helps us to identify our adrenal triggers and to to manage our stress response and also to build up our resilience from stress and from getting overwhelmed and in the future how can we identify our personal adrenal triggers can you give us some advice there absolutely and i, I think part of this is is obviously going through a health timeline and thinking about all the different things that have happened in your life. This is a great way to identify what might be relevant for you right then and there. Also have a very simple exercise for people where you go through and you take a piece of paper, or if you're very tech savvy, you could do it on the computer and you divide it in half and you say, what makes me feel better and Mm. what makes me feel worse? And you just reflect on this exercise. And most people will start to come up with their own healing protocol to figure out what's going to make them feel better and what's going to make them feel worse. And a lot of it is figuring out like people tend to feel worse when there's drama around them. And so the program also focuses on like, how do you deal with, with all of the things? Cause I could give you a, and I ha- I give you a wonderful supplement plan, only six supplements that are very targeted to balancing the stress response. Then I give you a nutrition plan, but I also give you a plan for making it sustainable so that you're not coming back all the time, getting burned out time and time again. A lot of it, it focuses on personal transformation. So figuring out what can you do to, to not be so triggered anymore. And so one of, one of the things, for example, that can be very triggering for people is going to chronic infections. One of them could be candida or blastocystis hominis, various parasites, mold exposure, One of the things I do is I give people sarcomyces boulardii, a beneficial yeast, and this really naturally raises their immune resilience. So they're not as likely to respond to what's in their gut, so they can overcome those infections naturally themselves, and then they're not going to be as responsive to what's in their environment. There's tools like that that I utilize to build resilience. Part of it is things that you might have to work on your own. If you have unresolved trauma, for example, then you need to work on that and address that because you're going to keep getting triggered over and over again if if that's a wound inside of your body that you haven't healed. And this is all, this is so important. Thank you for bringing that up, Isabella. This is also something that you talk about circling back to Hashimoto's. So in general, trauma and stress, can you just give us a little more insight in how this is connected to us, to our health, whether we're talking about Hashimoto's, whether we're talking about adrenal health or adrenal disorders and such? So it's very interesting. There was studies done and it's funny because everybody knows that stress makes you sick, right? You just know if you're going through a period of intense stress, then you're more likely to get sick and you're more likely to feel unwell. Whenever I interview and talk to clients, that's my first question. 
that's that I asked them. It's what was going on in your life the last time you felt well or before you got sick. And a lot of times they say they were going through a period of extreme stress, right? And so they were going through something like graduate school or moving or the loss of a loved one. These are these can be all things or maybe even a positive stress like having having a child or I already mentioned graduate school. That's that could be plus positive or negative depending on the type of school. But typically your body is in an intense situation. And so it utilizes it utilizes our resources to produce cortisol. So instead of utilizing like our, let's say, amino acids and things to repair itself, it drives cortisol production. And I think about it like if you go to a party and you just never, you just keep having the party at the same place over and over again, and you never clean up after the party, like that place is going to get really, <laughs> really out of shape really quickly. And that's what happens when we're in a period of prolonged stress is that there's just different repairs in our body that don't happen. And we don't have that maintenance of our body. And this is very common in, in autoimmunity. And I, I could talk about some of the patterns Great. So typically magnesium, magnesium gets depleted when we're stressed out. And so this could be like headaches and joint pain and sleep issues, menstrual issues like PMS, cramping, joint pain, all of these symptoms, anxiety, they could be tied back to magnesium deficiency, right? Hormonal issues could be tied back to magnesium deficiency. Magnesium is going to get eaten up. So if you're going through a period of intense stress, getting some magnesium on board is going to be really helpful for you. The other thing that people will oftentimes also have is they have a suppression of their immune system when they're stressed out. And so trying to find a way to build up your immunity, and I already talked about sarcomyosis boulardii, this raises your immunity internally. And you can take that during a period of intense stress to allow your body some space so it can heal itself instead of being broken down. The other patterns are going to be really depletion of various hormones. We're going to have issues with how insulin secreted when we have so much of this cortisol created. So a lot of times people end up with blood sugar issues. And so the blood sugar balancing diet is important. People can also take things like myo inositol to help. And then we end up with when we get enough of these raw materials that are used to fuel the stress response then we can become super depleted. And one of the one of the things that can be really affected is the state of our mitochondria, things like the B vitamins, the vitamin C, carnitine, electrolytes, ribose are all things that can help fuel our bodies, fuel, fuel our mitochondria, and just, just give ourselves a little bit of extra support to get through. Being under stress, as I consider, it's like an endurance event, right? So giving ourselves back the fuel that we need to get through endurance and recover from it is what I think a lot of people are lacking and can benefit. That's excellent advice. And also thank you for sharing these specific supplements. And for those who want to do a deeper dive, of course, I always recommend also in the circle of my friends, your brilliant books. Thank you for offering these fantastic resources to us, Isabella. And you spoke about a third protocol, right? So the third protocol focuses on gut health. So supporting our is going to be very critical for people with autoimmune conditions and gut health has been tied to a whole host of various issues. Some of the gut triggers may include food sensitivities. They may include having an imbalance of various gut bacteria. They may include pathogenic organisms within, within our guts nutrient depletions. And so the third protocol that I typically recommend for people, and this is it's about six weeks or 12 weeks long, is going to be focusing on just really nourishing and supporting the gut. 
And so this could be through definitely probiotics and things like bone broth and zinc and all of these things that help build up the gut's lining and naturally help us resolve some of the infections. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really love the holistic way you look at health and well-being and basically bringing together what the good and great parts of Western medicine, but also some of the uh, older traditions of healing. And I think we have the best of both worlds there instead of just following one path and trying to kill disorders by putting more toxins in our bodies or antibiotics, specifically talking about gut health. For example, antibiotics used in a targeted way can be very beneficial, but this popping them like Smarties, which sadly has occurred in our culture is uh, causing a host of other problems. And when talking about our gut and talking about nutrition in general, and looking at all these different issues that we've covered from Hashimoto's to struggling with your adrenal function, and of course, also gut issues, is there for you personally, and again, everybody's different, but is there a particular type of diet that you stick to? And also, is there particular supplements that you, and again, this is you, Isabella, personally prefer? I tend to stick to a gluten-free and dairy-free diet. So when I was first diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I was wondering if diet can play a role. And I had acid reflux and panic attacks and irritable bowel syndrome. All of these symptoms, carpal tunnel, they went away within three days of getting off of gluten and dairy. And so this is something that works really well for me, making sure that I stay clear of gluten and dairy. And that that looks different in the seasons. So when I'm in, in the warm summer, that might be more raw foods and salads and things like that, where in the in the winter, I'll eat more traditional European foods with fermented foods and things that are just a lot more warming and stews and such. Definitely has evolved, but typically staying off of gluten and dairy is my best kind of remedy to to be kind to myself. Yes, same for me. I am mainly plant-based and that's really changed my life. And especially once I also got off dairy, it was a huge difference from my gut health to skin health to mood. And it's really incredible how we can influence our well-being positively and also negatively just by what we put into our bodies. You shared with me before we press record that supplements is your love language, which I completely relate to. I believe in optimal nutrition. And for me, that also means taking specific supplements are targeted to my own body, my own health and wellness journey. I also love taking all kinds of tests to determine my baseline to see where I need a little bit of work. If you had to, for yours, there's three supplements. You only could pick three. What are your, I must. (laughs) Oh man, that's tough. Uh, One of of the ones that I really do well with is P5P and this is active B6 vitamin. People tend to, and then zinc is another one that I do really well with. People tend to burn through those vitamins under stress and with gut issues, with thyroid issues. And it's actually very interesting. And I talk a little bit more about this in my book, but my wonderful friend, Trudy Scott has taught me that when these two nutrients are deficient, people can actually become like introverted and they can become socially anxious. And I have totally noticed that in myself. If I take, I, if I feel like my normal self, when I take them, 
But if I've if I've burned through them too much, I was recording a documentary series a few years ago where I just was like gone from my house like six days a week for a few months. And I was like, what happened to my extroverted personality? Why don't I like want any people around me? What's happening? And it ended up being that I was low in B6 and zinc. And then once I got those levels restored, I was like, I like people again. Like it's so different. That's um, incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. It's a condition called pyroluria and you don't ne- necessarily have to have a very advanced case of it. You could just have even a borderline case in my end of deficiency in zinc and B6. I was like, I was like a hermit. And then all of a sudden it's okay. I'm back to normal, like talking to people. So I, I find a big benefit when I take these two supplements, especially after being through a period of stress. That's a really big deal to me. And then the other thing that I really do well with is taking electrolytes on a daily basis. For me, it's like, I'm very active. I have a young child and I'm always running around and playing and just love to to do a lot of things, right? I have a very busy mind and just excited about life. And the electrolytes, I feel like they can really, they really help me feel my body feel better. Oh, thank you for sharing this. And could you repeat again the condition pyro... The- Pyroluria, it's an odd name. And it's, it was initially I had a, when I was in pharmacy school, I had a very interesting rotation at Dr. William Walsh's clinic in Illinois. And he focused on essentially using orthomolecular medicine and high dose nutrients to treat various mental health disorders. And just this body of work was so phenomenal to me. That's when I first learned about pyroluria. They would, it just was amazing that I learned about copper toxicity, all of these various ways that just having nutrients out of balance and we can, our diet is never going to be perfect. Right. And we have these genetic variations where if we can address these variations, we can really superhumanize ourselves. We can really get our optimal state when we do that. And pyroluria, if you haven't heard of it, it's very fascinating. And Trudy Scott is a wonderful nutritionist that has has been very vocal about it and spreading the word about it. Oh, excellent. I'll look into that. Pyroluria, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yes, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, because I've always been more on the introverted side and I like to be a hermit too. At the same time, sometimes I know it's not good to just, it's, you need connection with people to be healthy. We're social animals. And so I, I'm going to look into that because <laughs> sometimes I also have periods. I, I love people. I love my friends, but sometimes I have periods where I just want to be alone. <laughs> so maybe I just need some more zinc and B6 then. That is fast. Thank you for sharing that. That's really incredible. Absolutely. And I just wanted to mention for most people, I would recommend P5P version of B6 because B6 can actually build up in the body if you take doses above 300 milligrams and it can cause neuropathies. And it has this weird intermediary metabolite that cannot get cleared out of the body fast enough. So I definitely recommend P5P version and that doesn't seem to turn into that metabolite. So it's much better tolerated. Another interesting sign of B6 deficiency is going to be if you have poor dream recall. So if you don't remember your dreams in the morning, uh, that, that is something that's odd and interesting. And when you start taking the B6, you'll increase your dosage until you you find that you're remembering your dreams. Oh, super. And yeah, thank you. For, I had no idea. And also thank you for the heads up about the P5P. I'll definitely mind that and the audience will as well. Isabella, there's one question that I love to ask each one of my guests, and it's about practice or practices that have elevated 
your life physically, mentally, and or spiritually. You already shared a bunch of really great and applicable tools and tips with us. Is there something else you'd like to share with us? Something that has bettered your life and that you'd be so generous and let us hear about? Sure. One of them is like a daily practice and it's not even a, a nothing really crazy or extreme, but just finding little pleasurable things throughout the day. I feel like that's made my life so much better. So just finding little opportunities for joy throughout my day. People times, oftentimes are so focused on getting work done or doing just doing all the things, right? And sometimes just taking the time, even if our work brings us pleasure, just doing something for that doesn't have a purpose, just for this for the whole purpose of giving you pleasure. One of these things for me is an Epsom salt bath. I try to do one every single day and I just get into the hot bath and I just relax. And it's just, I don't need to take a bath every day, right? I could probably go a week or two without showering, but I could, I could do a five minute shower and that would clean me well enough. But I choose to take about a 30 minute to an hour long Epsom salt bath. And that just really puts me at ease and helps to relax me, helps me sleep better, helps to clear out all of the any harshness of that day and just gives me a little way to find, find joy and pleasure. Wonderful. And I think joy and pleasure are completely underrated. Being kind to ourselves and nourishing that is so important. Thank you for putting our focus on that, Isabella. And for people who'd like to learn more about you, of course, they can dive into your books. They can also get your new book, The Adrenal Transformation Protocol. Where else can they find more, find out more about your work or connect with you? Sure. So they can go over to thyroidpharmacist.com. And I actually have a guide at thyroidpharmacist.com slash ABC. It talks about some of the key things you can do to support your adrenal. And that's a really straightforward guide. It talks about some adaptogens, B vitamins, vitamin C, magnesium, one of the some of the foundations for supporting your stress response so that you can feel energetic and clear-headed and calm once more. And then I'm also on social media. So you can find me over at Instagram and Facebook. That's always those are always fun places I like to hang out. Sometimes, sometimes I'll do live things and I definitely love to connect with my audience and answer questions. It's a lot of fun for me. Super. And I will make sure to put all of this wonderful information into the show notes as well. Isabella, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure and I learned so much. And thank you for all the amazing work you do, helping us to feel better in our bodies and helping us to thrive. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution.